If you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And last week we began this little two-part message on uh, the God who supplies a limitless God, taking the limits off. And uh, it is such a powerful thought. And then as I keep reading through uh, our daily devotional, uh, last week I shared the one that talked about the, the limitless supply of God's grace. How many are thankful that God's grace is limitless in our life? Everything God does in our life is limitless. He is a limitless God. Any thoughts we have about limitations concerning God or what he will do, you don't get from the word of God. God is a limitless God. Every explanation, definition, or uh, uh, anything concerning what he will do in our life is always limitless. And then this Thursday in our devotional, it talked about blessing future generations. And the scripture is, I will pour my blessing on your children. But it said some things in there that I thought was interesting. It says, your kids should be able to take up where you left off. Your ceiling should be their floor. How many agree? They shouldn't merely follow you. They should use the foundation you laid to build something greater. Don't use the comfort of the status quo. Listen to this. Don't use the comfort of the status quo as an excuse for not challenging old thinking. And so I'm reading this. I said, this is saying take the limits off. Amen. To get beyond your mental barriers, you need to stop saying things. That's just the way I am. Or my family never amounted to much, so I won't either. When you say that, you're contradicting God. I'm just telling you, if you're not reading this, <laughs> you're missing out. We still have more. Get them. You can jump in right where you're at today. Amen? And, uh, but they're free. They're a gift to you. But I love it how it always ties in and is so pertinent to where we are. It's talked about the nation of Israel coming out of slavery. It said God delivered the Israelites from slavery. They started out of the promised land. The journey that should have taken 11 days, but it ended up taking over 40 years. How many know it wasn't God's problem? It was theirs. And the problem was here. This is what they said. I like it. They had been slaves so long they thought and talked like slaves. We just sang, I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave to. I'm a child of God. But we're challenged and our society is impregnated continually with thoughts of fear that it's hard for us to break a mindset or concepts of fear. And then we wonder why our breakthroughs take years instead of days. Are you listening to me? So important. So think about this. So it says, they couldn't grasp what God had promised them. Finally, he told them, you've stayed long enough at this mountain. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers. So it says this, draw a line in the sand today. Declare enough is enough. Declare, I'm going to trust God for bigger and better things. How many know that's just a good declaration? Amen? Believe God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, listen to this. We read these verses last week. I just want you to hear them again. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Father, we thank you this morning for this time. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You are the limitless God that is here with us, alive in us, flowing through us with the limitless potential 
of all that the Father has given unto us. We thank you for your presence. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive in a greater measure than ever before. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. Now listen to Ephesians chapter 3 as Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he's going to begin to pray for them. Listen to verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to his riches in glory. Now let me ask you this. What would be the limits to God's riches in glory? Could you agree that his riches in glory would be limitless? So Paul's praying that he may grant to you, this is Paul's prayer for the believers at Ephesus, for the church at Ephesus, that God would grant to you according to his limitless riches in glory, think about that, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So that there is a strengthening in your inner man that is connected to his limitless riches and glory. So what God, Paul is praying, that you would know the limitless strength that is yours in Christ. In your inner man. That you would never feel like, this is the way my family is. I've never been able to do it. Come on, those are lies and limitations from the pit of hell. But Paul is praying for the church. There is a limitless strength according to the limitless riches of God, his riches in glory that belongs to you for you to be strengthened in your inner man. Hallelujah. Look at what he goes on to say through this. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let me ask you this. What are the limits to the fullness of God? Nothing. Nothing. So why don't we just take the limits off? I'm what? I'm with you, sis. Come on. I got a friend on the front row. Hallelujah. So think about that. God, you're filled with the fullness of God. Limitless fullness on the inside of us. Now think about that. That, that, which passes understanding, being filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Hallelujah. So God is amazing God. He is a limitless God in our life. And we have to renew our minds. How many know Paul said in Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So being conformed to this world doesn't mean the the dress code. It doesn't mean the styles and, and, and the externals. It means don't think the way the world thinks. And the world thinks and controls through limitations. In fact, one of the greatest way we've seen it is, is in the environmental uh, garbage that's being forced down our throats today. Amen. There's not enough this. There's not enough that. There's not enough this. Well, in Genesis chapter 1, God created man, and man was created. I'm a couple of seconds ahead of myself here. But man was created with eternal life, and he was created to live on earth. God created man in his image, in his likeness. Man was an eternal being, and God created the earth for man to live on. So he put an eternal being on earth, and earth is not limited. You don't put eternity in limitations. 
You don't create an eternal being and then put him on a place that's going to run out of resources. And he tells him, we're going to read it in a minute, subdue it, have dominion over it, everything in the earth. There's more than enough in the earth that, that God made the earth limitless. There's more oil. Every time we think we've run out of oil, we find out there's more someplace else. What we have is we have people who want to control through fear and limitation who shut things off and that way they manipulate and they control society and culture and take them where they want to go. So don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good. Amen. So look at the cover of your outline here this morning. Jesus came into this world for the purpose of taking the limits off of our life. 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Every lie that comes from the devil comes with limitations upon your life. It tells you what you can't do. It tells you what God won't do. And it brings limitations and it brings fear. I loved it. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Left my fears by the side of the road. Come on, we sang that, Amen. But then we walk out of here, I'm afraid I'm not going to know what to do. Come on. <laughs> so, sometimes we just need to hire somebody to walk along and slap us every now and then. <laughs> but we just need a slap alert. Amen. You know, they have those things they call clappers. We need to invent the slapper. That every time, it, it, it's like a tie that you wear around. And every time you speak fear, it just slides up and slap you right in the mouth. How many would buy that if I invent that? Glory to God. I just want to see it in action. Amen. Whack, whack, whack. Some people would have, you know, just red lips all the time. Glory to God. John chapter 10 and verse 10 says this. Think about it. The thief has come to what? And destroy. The thief has come to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have what? Life and have it what? more abundantly. So Jesus said, there's one who is the limiter, who is the destroyer, and he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have life more abundantly, or the limitless life that is ours in Christ. See, sin and Satan bind and place limits on humanity. The redeeming power of God's grace takes the limits off. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. You're there in chapter 3. Just turn the page to your left and begin in verse 1. And you, he made alive. You, he made alive. How many raise your hand and say, I'm born again? I, I know I'm born again. Come on. You know you're saved. Come on, raise it up real high. You're in church. I'm born again. I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. So you, he made alive. You're alive. You were dead, and now you've been made alive. So what's the limits to that life? Absolutely not. What kind of life have you been made alive with? Eternal, limitless life. You, he made alive, who were dead and trespasses to sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, the mindset of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that controlling spirit, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also you once conducted yourself in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Verse 4, but God, somebody say, but God. Man, I love the but gods, the but nows, and the much mores. <laughs> Amen. Who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead. Think about it. With his great love. Somebody say great love. With which he, not little love, not just some love, not just enough love. Great love, limitless love. Are you getting this? 
Everything about God is limitless. In which he loved us when we were dead in trespasses to sin. Made us alive together with Christ. I ask this and for how alive is Jesus right now? Extremely alive. Amen. He's completely alive. And so you've been made alive together with him and in him. Amen. Keep going. Watch it. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Jesus is seated by the right hand of the Father in heaven. He is fully alive. You are fully alive in him. I wondered if he's worrying about how warm it's going to be this afternoon. I wondered if he's worried about our fuel situation, if he's worried about our economy. I wonder if Jesus is worried about anything. I wonder if he's thinking with any type of limitation or any type of restraint. I wonder if he's concerned about anything that we concern ourselves about. No, because he knows who he is. He knows that he's the head of all things. He knows that he created all things for his glory. He knows that in him, everything is held together and consists. And he sees you in him. And the moment you get yourself out of the mindset of this world and out from under the limiting control of the devil, you'll see yourself seated in the limited Christ and you'll lose your fears. You'll lose your limitation. It will no more be a song to you. It will be a living reality in your life. Amen. Let me just ask you this question. How many, I'm, I'm going to be real long. I'm going to ask you to be honest. How many have trouble sleeping through the whole night? Now watch it. Watch, watch, watch. You have trouble sleeping through the whole night. You know why? Because you never turn your motor off. Okay, let, let me just ask you a question. How, how many of you have your car running in the parking lot right now? Anybody? No, your car is parked. And when you park your car and get out, you're supposed to what? Turn it off. Amen. Because if you don't turn it off, the car is going to be running. It's going to be burning up energy. It's going to be wearing itself out, going nowhere. And the reason people do not get sleep at night is because they don't know how to turn life off. And if you can't rest, then you are aging at the process. You are While you're laying down, you are wearing yourself out. You're burning up your energy. You're expending your fuel. You laid in bed all night and you wake up tired. Why? Because you never turned your motor off. Why didn't you turn it off? Because you're bound by limitation and you're so afraid you won't have enough. So you have to work through the night worrying about things that you cannot change. And Sean said it in the offering. If the birds don't worry about what they're going to eat, honey, why aren't you sleeping at night? It's because there's a devil that you've allowed to attack your mind and to shrink your thoughts about God. The Bible says we have entered into his rest. I'm like this. You give me 30 seconds, I'm gone. I know I'm a professional turn my motor off person. Amen. If I'm waiting in line, I could, I could probably sleep standing up. Amen. I'm, I'm serious. I'll go sit down right now. I'll be gone in a heartbeat. Amen. How, why? Be, because there's things you can't change. And leaving it running. And so while you're worrying, while you're stressing, your motor is running all the time. And you're expending that fuel. And you're literally aging while you're in bed. You're wearing yourself out in bed. You're expending energy and doing that. Instead of getting up and looking rejuvenated, you wake up with bags around your eye, wrinkles around your eye. You've been sweating. 
You, you made your bed, you get out of it, it looks like you just threw the blankets on out of the dryer. Because you tossed and turned all night. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good. I haven't even got to the message yet. <laughs> Amen. So watch this. We're seated with Christ. Not of works lest anyone should both. It's a gift of God. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should both. If you're saved by grace. If you can't do anything to get yourself to heaven. Why are you working so hard on the life that you have here? Good answer. You say, Pastor, am I supposed to be responsible? Yeah, but after having done all to stand, rest. Learning how to rest, how to trust, how to believe in the limited supply of God. People are bound by fear. Why We love singing those songs and we're declaring, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to sin. That's right. You hold the universe. You hold the universe. You hold. Come on, he holds the universe. And he's holding you. Amen? Amen. So trust God. Trust God. Believe God. You don't have to. It's like we stay up to check up on him. <laughs> Making sure he's doing his job. Think about it. Everything God asks for of us, calls us to, and calls us to do is beyond the limits of our ability and completely made possible by his limitless provision through our lives. That's the promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit is to bring the limitless provision and potential and power of God into our lives. That's what he brings to the scene. In John 14, Jesus says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, he's coming. He's been with us. He's going to be in us. In verse 25, he says, he will come as a helper to teach us all things. In chapter 15, verse 26, it says, when the helper has come. Somebody ought to say, thank God for help. Amen. John 14, 26, he comes to take the limits off of knowing the truth. How many know there's a difference between knowledge and truth? Jesus said this. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall have knowledge, and knowledge shall set you free. Is that what it says? He says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth, not the spirit of knowledge. Because what Buck knows and what I know are two different things. Amen? What Luke knows and what I know, I have more life experience than Luke does. Luke is very knowledgeable about something, but, but I have more life knowledge than he does. So depending upon age, depending upon experience, depending upon what you're involved in, people have different knowledge about different things. But we can all have all truth. Are you with me? So it's different. Look on the inside of your outline. God created man in the beginning with limitless potential, without boundaries, with dominion and authority, eternal and limitless. Man in the beginning was created without limits. Think about this. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have what? Let them have what? Dominion. Dominion, authority over 
the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and, have sub- and subdue it and have dominion over, again, the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air. So God placed no limits on man. He set him on an earth with limited supply and set no limits upon his life, made in the image of God. You're made in his image and made in his likeness. So what are the limits of God? Absolutely none. God set man over a limitless world and you're serving a limitless God and he lives on the inside of you by a limitless Holy Spirit. Come on, take the limit off of your faith in God. Hallelujah. Think about it. <coughs> over the fish of the sea. How many know there's a difference between fishing and catching? Fishing is what you do when you just want to sit by the lake and dangle your toes in the water. Catching is what you need to do if you want to eat anything when you go home. And dominion is for catching, not for fishing. Amen. When I go hunting, I hunt to kill. Amen. Why? Because I want to eat. Amen. And Pastor, people say, are you a hunter? I said, yes, I'm kind of Levitical. Every now and then I need to go let blood. Some of you get that later. Amen. See, we're so politically correct, we can't even laugh at hunting jokes anymore. You're all bound by fear. Somebody's saying the wrong thing. Glory to God. God bless your little limited mind. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, no, I live. I read my Bible. The Lord, the Lord appeared to Peter. You know what he said to him on the rooftop? Peter, rise, kill, and eat. I said, Amen. Amen. And well, everything he thought he couldn't eat, the Lord took the limits off. Peter had a limited mindset of what God had come to do and who God had come to do it for. And God said, Peter, you have small thinking. You have a limited mindset of what I desire to do in the earth. Look at that. Rise. Not so, Lord. I'm not allowed. He said, no, I blessed it all. I've called it all good. Took the limits off of his life. Amen. You need to allow God to let, some of you need a sheet dropping experience with God. Need God to show up on the rooftop of your life and drop some things down and take the limit, limitations off of what you declared God can do and will do. Look at the next point. There's only one condition to live by that was given to man in the garden. One condition to live by. One command to obey. Do not eat from the forbidden tree. The wrong choice moved man from the limitless life God created him for to the limited life produced by disobedience. You know what happened? Man was never, you were not created to live by knowledge. You were created to live by truth. You were created to be led by the Spirit. That's why the Bible tells us, walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Everything you're called to do is in the Spirit and in Christ. Are you with me? Everything we're called to do is in that place. You're not called to do it in knowledge, but the moment we step over into knowledge, we begin to choose whether it's good or whether it's evil. And the moment you move into the knowledge of good and evil, you move into the realm of limitation. And in the realm of limitation, you're walking in disobedience to God. Amen. And so man sets the boundaries of his own limitations, not God. See, Jesus came to set captives free. Go with me to Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. In 
And verse 14 says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Somebody say power. power. Look at your neighbor and tell him power. 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 The same Holy Spirit that Jesus is walking in the power of is the same Holy Spirit you've received. The Holy Spirit's the same. He's the same. Jesus, all man, anointed with the same Holy Spirit, filled with the same Holy Spirit, you're anointed and filled with, it's the same Holy Spirit. It is the same power. When Jesus said, after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will receive power. He's coming in the anointing of power. That power is for your life, it's for my life, it's for every person's life. And he returned to Galilee and news of him went throughout the surrounding region and he taught in their synagogue being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up and as was his custom, he went to church and on the Sabbath day he stood up to read and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he opened the book he found the place where it is written the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to take the limits off. He has anointed me to take the limits off. Are you hearing me this morning? Besides, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to who? To the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, deliverance to captive, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Every part of that is limit-removing declaration. That's the anointing of God upon our life. Go with me to Luke chapter 9. You're in chapter 4. Go to the right a few pages. You'll end up at chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. See, when Jesus called his disciples to himself to send them out, he gave them authority, taking the limits off what was possible. And they found out that even demons were subject to them. Amen. I mean, Mike could tell you, if you travel overseas very much, you actually get to find out there still are demons. In America, we have sophisticated demons. Amen. We do. They, they, we have culturized demons. They, they learned how to manifest without getting cast out. Moving right along. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Then he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over what? All demons, over all devils, over all devils. First experience I had in casting a devil out was in, was in Indonesia. We went there to preach the gospel, and we were in Surabaya, and we're preaching, and our host had, had real estate offices, one in Surabaya, one in Jakarta, and one in Singapore. And, and, and on Monday mornings in all of their offices, they did devotionals for their employees. And they would bring in a, a huge global evangelist, and they would do citywide crusades. And we were there just ministering with the team and that, but they had us go devotions at their office. And so I said, well, I'm just going to preach on the Holy goes so I got them all in there I preached on salvation being filled with the Holy Spirit and 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 his wife Inca was my interpreter and so everything I would do I'm kind of animated she was like my shadow it was awesome we had a great time and so whatever I did if I bent down she bent down if I was like this she was like this it was awesome and so we prayed for everybody and, and I said there's some of you here who are saved you're born again you've been filled with the Holy Spirit but you feel like something has put a stopper a cork or something you feel like the flow of the 
Spirit just been plugged up in your life. We want to pray for you. And then we're going to allow you to start ministering and praying for other people. And so I prayed for Inca. And then I said, well, come on. Let's start praying for people. And people started being released in the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues. Next thing you know, people are falling out under the power of God. And then, and, and then they had a driver. Our driver was this Muslim man who had driven for them for over 10 years. And just Muslim. And so he's sitting outside the conference room at this little table. And these three little ladies go out and drag this poor guy in there. They drag him in, and they start praying for him, and, and, and I come up, and, and I went to lay hands on him. I said, do you want to get saved? He goes, yeah, and I lay hands on him, and he falls out, and his eyes roll back in his head, and he's laying there, and, and, and they go, he's a Muslim, and I go, is that right? And I knelt down beside him, and I said, be free, be free, be free, and he went, oh, and I thought, I killed him, <laughs> amen, and then all of a sudden, he he woke up and just started praying in the Holy Ghost and his whole count, and he got saved. I mean, right there, God did a miracle, set him free from that power in his life. Why? Because God gives you power and authority over all demons. But we live with mindsets and limits, and so instead of being, most people would be intimidated or be in fear, but God wants you to walk in power. Tell somebody, take the limits off. Come on, God wants to move in our life. And so he gives his disciples and he gives them power over demons and to cure diseases and to heal the sick. Now look at chapter 10 and verse 17. He does the same thing with the 70. In verse 1 he calls them, sends them out too. So it's not just the apostles. It's not just the select few. Jesus sent out 82 people with the same authority, the same power. And in verse 17 it says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even Demons are subject to your to us in your name. Come on, we need to take the limitations off of our fear. Most Christians, we just get afraid we have fear of demons. That's a limitation on your life. Come on, I'm no longer fear. I'm a child of God. No more limitations in our life. See, the promise of the Holy Spirit was so that limits would be taken off of our ability to be his witness and opened, to, uh, opened up to us the limitless boundaries to the ends of the earth. How are Michael and Natasha, how, how are, are Tim and Eve and, and them able to go around the world and preach the gospel and see God move? Because God said, this is what's happened. I'm giving you power to go to the ends of the earth and wherever you go, my power will be there. And when you preach the gospel, my power will show up. You go to the farthest reaches you go to the deepest and darkest corner and the power of God will be there and the gospel will show up and God will confirm his word with signs following if somebody will just have limitless faith to go there Amen. God will do what he said he would do. Think about it. Whole cities in the book of Acts heard the gospel. Philip went down and preached to Samaria and the whole city got saved. Go with me to Acts chapter 4. Amen. Every revival that ever happened in America or happened in the world happened because people got tired of reading about something and not seeing it happen. People, instead of just reading the Word of God, began to be hungry to see the Word of God. Every revival... You read church history, every revival begins with people who are hungry to see the limits taken off of the Word of God. As Sean was saying, one of the men in our church got a prayer answered. He moved it last Sunday over to here. And I was rejoicing with him. I said, man, that's exciting. God answered your prayer. He says, it took longer than I thought. 
Amen. He said, I, it took seven years. So I've been praying, and I got, I got a seven-year answer. I said, glory to God. You stood faithful for seven years. Hallelujah. Come on, most people can't wait seven minutes. I prayed, and God didn't show up. I'm out here. I'll go back to my own strength. But he waited seven years and God answered his prayer and even said, took it further than what he thought he was going to get in, in the answer that came through. Powerful in holding on to that. But many times people put limits on God based upon other people's experiences. Well, I know some of you believe God for healing and they didn't get better. In fact, they died. I'm sorry they died, but my faith isn't in their experience. I know somebody who is praying for their children and, and, and their children got worse. I'm, I'm sorry that happened, but my faith isn't based on their experience. I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about their life. I don't know anything about their relationship with God. I can love them. I can pray for them. But I'm not going to base my faith on, and I'm not going to set limits on God based on other people's experience. I'm going to walk by faith, not by your experience. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I'll have compassion with you. I will weep with you. I will mourn with you. But bless God, when we're done, I'm going to get up and walk by faith. Do I have any friends in the house today? Amen. So think about Acts chapter 4. They're being threatened. Don't preach in the name of Jesus. And then they rise up in verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed... The place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Amen. They're being threatened. They said, Lord, we don't want to be limited. We, we're, we refuse to be constricted and constrained by the threats of people. We want you to give us greater boldness. We're taking the limits off. And it says the church multiplied. What would happen? Think about it. Many times people won't attend a prayer meeting or come out to pray because they have limitless, limited thought about the power of prayer. Well, it doesn't do much good. It doesn't do whatever. Come on, I get excited. I'm more excited about a seven-year answer than a seven-minute answer. Because it speaks of greater things. It speaks of people. It's kind of like thinking this. What if Abraham would have gave up after the first Friday night he got the word from God? God said, hey, sir, we're going to have a kid. Party Friday night. Whoa. <laughs> Friday night comes and goes. No children. Next week, another party. No more children. Amen. Nothing happening. 25 years of Friday nights. <laughs> Amen. Well, at least they were having fun in the meantime. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. But, but, but if they had given up, we would have no faith. Are you listening to me? It takes greater faith to believe God and understand there are things. God is still the limitless God. Instead of allowing ourselves to be compressed and shrunk down by limitations and fears. Amen. Take the limits off. Hallelujah. Think about it. Every time Jesus spoke of faith, it was with limitless possibility. Mark 11, 23, 22, 23, and 24. Have faith in God. For whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. And religious devil, you, you, you want to know the, the greatest devil that attacks the church today? It's religious spirits. Yeah. 
a religious prayer. Well, I know the Bible says that, but you just can't speak to anything and get an answer. Well, bless your darling heart and your stupid head. That, I got that from Brother Hagin. That was one of my favorite quotes I ever heard him say. People would say stuff and say, God bless their darling hearts and their stupid heads. Amen. You know, sometimes we just say stupid stuff that you can't even get out of the Bible. The, 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 the word of God's trying to speak, take the limits off of our life. And the first thing we do is put God in a box. Come on, I, I read it last week. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it again. You go ahead. I will, sweetheart. I usually do whatever I want. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, here it is. I tried to fit you in the walls of my mind. I tried to keep you safely between the lines. I tried to put you in the box that I've designed. I tried to pull you down so we were eye to eye. When did I forget you've always been the king of the world? I tried to take life back right out of the hands of the king of the world. How could I make you so small when you're the one who holds it all? When did I forget you've always been the king of the world? That's what I shared last week. I was driving home from Marysville on Saturday, and that's a song by Natalie Grant. And, and, and I'd heard it, and I'd sing along with it a couple, you know, words and phrases every now and then I heard it. And then the Holy Spirit had me listen to the whole thing and said, my goodness. So I, I gave myself a voice memo, and I Googled the lyrics, and I read that whole thing and said, man, that'll preach. Amen. But this is what happens. We sing that and we go, oh, that's a great song. I'm no longer bound. I'm a child of God. We sing it all and then we go out and what comes out of our mouth? We need to slap it. I'm telling you. <laughs> Glory to God. Now watch this. Look at how many, how many are excited about being saved? Oh, yeah. How many would like to see your friends come to church? Like, I, I like, like to see the harvest God have. Then get excited about being saved. When you go to the store today, I, I challenge, first service, I challenge you to, I dare you. Go to the store today, and the next time a clerk is checking you out, just do this. They say, how you doing today? Just look at them. Get the biggest smile you can get. Fine. I'm saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost. On my way to heaven, having fun in the meantime. How you doing? And they'll go, okay. And then you say, hey, you want to go? Either that or show up. Fine, I just left church. You want to go with me next week? No, no, I'm miserable enough without looking at you. Amen. No, be excited about God and watch what happens. Hey, would you like to know? Do you want to go? Something happened when we take the limits off of life. What happened? We lose our joy. Some of us have heard Christians literally say, I, I, just, I don't know, I don't have any more joy. Well, you had to lose the Holy Ghost then because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. I don't have any peace in my life. How in the world did you lose the Holy Ghost? Come on, we, 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 we don't need an amber alert. We need a Holy Ghost alert. People are losing the Holy Ghost on a regular basis. He, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, temperance, meekness, faith, self-control. Are you with me? I don't have any of that. Then what did you lose? You need to get it back, Bubba. Go on a search until you find it. 
Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm just so worn out. We're called to enter into his rest. It's called the rest of faith. I can't sleep at night. Where did your rest go? You've allowed the limitations and the lies of the devil. God created you in his image and in his likeness. You've received a spirit of regeneration. Titus chapter 3 says we've received the regeneration, the renewing, the new genesis. Look up the word regeneration. It means a new genesis, a brand new beginning. You are brand new in Christ. You are a limitless being created by a limitless God, set on a limitless world with limitless potential, with the limitless spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you. There is nothing impossible for you. All right, I just preached to myself. I'm going to go in here and have fun. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of you take yourself so serious, if you had to hang out with yourself, you wouldn't even be your own friend. <laughs> that was a word right there, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Amen. Come on, take the limits off. What have we done to church? Be quiet in church. Come on, do the, come on take the limits off. What's restricting you? What's restraining you? Wow. I need the worship team to come back because we're limited by time. <laughs> okay, okay. Since I said that, let me say this. Some of you, well, let me do this. How many have heard something this morning that helped you? then why would you ever want to miss the word being preached? Why wouldn't you take every opportunity to be in the house of God anytime the word is being preached? But today, we limit God to maybe one... The national average, the national average for church attendance is once every three weeks. Once every three weeks. That means I only need to hear a good word in my life once every three weeks. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You'll never break the limits off of your life when you limit God being able to speak into your life. When you limit time in the presence of God. Some of you were experiencing breakthroughs even while we were just singing, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I don't know about you. I am a church junkie. I am. I'm addicted to God. I love the presence of God. We're singing, you know, just his presence taking advantage of but when we limit God to how many things and the reason we're doing that is because watch this the reason we only come to church once every three weeks instead of every time the doors are open is because we don't think we have enough time we have a limited viewpoint of time and so I can only give God so much of my time because I have so much time but instead of having faith to believe that if I'll sow my time into the things of God if I'll seek first the kingdom of God that he will multiply my time back to me I'll find myself with more time I'll find things getting done faster instead of my time being stolen I'll find my time being multiplied instead of losing my rest because I'm worried about time I don't have time to do this I don't have time to take care of that I don't have time to do this I'll be able to enter in to the rest of God I'll take the limits off of my time 
All right, I never expected an amen. I was meddling right there, so it didn't matter. Hallelujah. Cole said this a few weeks ago. I put it back in the notes. He said it best. He said, turn off the noise of the current culture and philosophy of this world. Be intolerant to the tolerance of things accepted by the world that are contrary to the Word of God. Be intolerant to the tolerance of the culture of this world that are contrary to the Word of God. Limitations and fears are contrary to the Word of God. There has to be something in you that becomes intolerant to limitations being placed upon God. Look at the top of the next page as I close. The course of this world sets limits on what God will do through your life. The key is to break free from the desire for more for the sake of more of this world. We cannot fill the limitless void in our hearts with limited things of this world. We limit God when all we live for is more of the things of this world. God's purpose in our life is connected to a harvest. And that harvest is people just like you. And when we live to see the limitless God flow through our lives, He sets us free and we live. Our lives are full. And now there's this flow, as I said last week. Think, look what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke with the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given. That God has a limitless flow. Not just filling us, but flowing limitlessly through our lives. God has a promise for your life, for mine. Bow your heads with me.